It is Friday. You know what that means, right? It's time for another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. And we're thinking man cave, leader, sports. Why am I throwing out these random words? Because it's Father's Day weekend we're coming up to. Today is a tribute to dads. And with further dad-isms, we have our host here, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. What an intro. Well, we're <laughs> glad to have you with us on this Father's Day weekend. Uh, so excited. Um, and we have a lot to cover today, but before we do that, Adam, why don't you enlighten us with the quote of the day? All right. This comes here from Mr. Keith Myring. It says, one startling bit of research conducted by the Christian Businessmen's Committee found the following. When the father is an active believer, there is about a 75% likelihood that the children will become active believers. But if only the mother is a believer, this likelihood is dramatically reduced to 15%. Okay, and I chose this quote just to kind of underscore the influence of a father. And I really have felt that in my life. One of the reasons why speaking for him exists is because my father um, talked to me as I was getting ready to graduate from college. And he said, um, I don't know exactly where God will lead you um, in these years after college, but I believe that you have a message to share and a ministry uh, to begin. And so his discussions with me um, and his continued discussions with me wore down my resistance uh, until I fully surrendered to ministry about a year after graduation. After wringing my hands and trying to find that elusive full-time job um, that would keep me set for life, I realized that I had to rely on God and no job was going to give me the security that I can find in His will. So I really owe a lot to my father. My father taught me two very important things that I cherish. One is a love for children in the way that he dealt with us as children. And the other and most important is a love for the Word of God, both the written Word of God and the true and living Word of God, Jesus Christ. And so I want to take the opportunity uh, right now to give thanks for him. Um, I'm doing what I'm doing today because of him, and I'm grateful to be carrying on the godly legacy which he imparted to me. He's a faithful example of what it means to live the Word of God, and I'm so thankful for that and thankful that through his actions and his words, he has introduced me to Jesus Christ. And Adam, before we proceed, is there anything you'd like to say to your dad? Yes, I would. I know you're going to be listening to this because I'm going to make it. But I just want to say thank you, Dad, for always sticking around. That was always the biggest thing about him that always just made a huge impact on me. Thank you for sticking around, for you know, giving myself and my three little brothers uh, time and um, you know, just, just being there, just being in the house and just sticking around to help out the family. That always meant so much, and I just want to say thank you for that, and I love you. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that, Adam, because I work in the in the Kent County Jail, and I don't remember the exact statistic, but I think it's something like 75% of incarcerated inmates, the one thing they have in common is fatherlessness. Wow. So if that doesn't show you the impact of a father, uh, nothing will. Uh, so with that, we will move into our main segment. Um, today, I have the privilege of welcoming a guy that's been a good friend of mine for several years. Um, we have kind of lost touch at times, but uh, he's always been a blessing to me. We graduated from high school together uh, in 1998, and 
Russ is now the father of three children and husband to Melody. And I believe your children are Russ, Michaela, and Faith. And you've been married for almost 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. So welcome, Russ. We're excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me uh, here with you. Well, I mentioned a little bit, but can you tell us, um, in your own words, a little bit about your family? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> basically, I got married um, almost 10 years ago. It'll be 10 years this uh, this July. And um, since then, we have had three children. Um, we've had four pregnancies, one miscarriage, but uh, three children uh, that uh, God has given us. Um, and they've just been a total blessing um, following the journey that God has put us on all together as a family. Well, that that's great. And um, how excited were you when you found out you were going to be a dad for the very first time? I was pretty excited. Um, a little bit nervous, but I was pretty excited. <laughs> I couldn't wait to tell the world that I was going to have a child. Um, uh, I just couldn't wait to meet the individual that would be coming into this world that I had part of. I, I, I haven't experienced that yet myself, but I can imagine that there's probably very few things, uh, that are as exciting as that. And I know as a brother, watching all of my siblings come into the world and um, welcoming them as an older brother was always very exciting. Um, as a matter of fact, my, my family will tell you that sometimes I got a little over-exuberant about it <laughs> and spilled the beans a little faster than they would have wanted me to, especially as the family enlarged and people got a little more cynical about that. But um, I really appreciate children and I appreciate having my younger siblings and now as an uncle, um, we're welcoming a total of four nephews and nieces this year for a grand total of 10. So nice. things are happening, and the family is only getting bigger. It's pretty exciting. It's, it's okay. a blessing to have a big family. Uh, my best friend growing up had nine brothers and sisters growing up, and wow. I, I hung out with them, so I was like the 10th kid running around the house <laughs> all the time. <laughs> So I know what it is to have a, a big family. It's a blessing to the parents. They probably were like, what's one more, right? Exactly. <laughs> so um, how did things change uh, as you welcomed number two and three? Um, two was pretty much, pretty much the same. It was kind of like number one uh, dittoed. Uh, Deja vu. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was all kind of the same. Um, we were in a different setting. We were kind of alone. Um, we had moved to Texas for Bible college, and we found out that we were pregnant for the second one um, just after we moved down there. And uh, so we had some change of plans. My wife was planning on going to school with me, but she had to change those plans, and there's some other things that changed job-wise. But um, it wasn't until the third pregnancy that uh, God really dealt with me on some things, and um, it was, you know, fear of not being good enough. And I don't know why they didn't come the first two, but, um, the, the, the third pregnancy, even though it was a miscarriage, um, I, I just knew that God had to be in control and I couldn't be in control. I couldn't make things happen on my own. And that's what changed in, in, with that. 
And uh, when our fourth came along, which is our, 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 our fourth birth came along, um, our third child, Faith, um, we named her Faith because God had established in our hearts. And we knew we had the text knowledge, you know. We haven't had the experience. We had the text knowledge, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, um, that we had to put our faith in God. Amen. But now it's been like we've walked through this, you know, and um, it was it was a time when we couldn't pay our rent. You know, we had a year that we couldn't pay our rent and stuff like that. Um, but the people who took care of our property, people who we were renting from were Christians, and they helped us walk through that together. And we still live there, and we still, we still know that God provides. Amen. Very cool. Adam, do you have any questions? Um, I do. I, I kind of chuckled a little bit because I hear that a lot from new dads, and I'm not one myself, but uh, when you kind of had the text about dads and you kind of have watched other people do it, but once you learn that you're becoming a dad, how did your uh, perception about fatherhood change when you learned I was going to become a father and then when you did? Um, there, there wasn't really anything that I can, I, I talked to my wife about this, you know, I was like, <laughs> there wasn't anything that I could say was a perception that changed. Okay. Um, and until, like I said, the, the faith came along and when, when faith came along, it was, I am not the provider. God is the provider. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all that time I had been striving to try and provide for my family. And that's not what God has asked us to do. God asks us to seek him first and everything else will be taken care of. And that didn't come, that didn't, that didn't come to my, um, it didn't, it didn't come out into my life until at that point when I realized, you know, this is what it's like to actually trust in him and not strive. So that's that's I guess that's a perception that changed with our third child. <laughs> and I and I think that that's a tough thing for everyone no matter what life stage they're in. I know with my ministry that's been a big thing for me is to trust God mm-hmm. and to not strive. You know, sometimes I feel like things aren't happening the way that I want them to or the speed that I want them to, but if I look at where I was uh 2 years ago from this time you know, I wasn't doing a podcast. I didn't have a regular spot on an online radio station like I do now. Um, and I didn't have the regular income that I have now coming in from a couple of different churches. So God has done amazing things. And if I can just stay out of the driver's seat and let him be <laughs> in charge, true. then things will continue to happen. It might not be what I want to happen, but it will be what he wants to happen. You know, I just saw a movie, and one of the lines was, we would all choose um, God's will. God's will is what we would all choose if we knew all the facts. Right. Yeah. And it just, it was sobering to hear that, because I've heard that before, but it was good to have that reminder. So, Russ, what would you say is the hardest thing about being a father? The hardest thing about being a father would probably be, um, like I said, letting go and letting God. Um, you have all these expectations, all these things that you have when you, you know, you look at your children. And, uh, you know, my, my son, he, he loves to build things. Um, 
he he loves to take Legos and create things. And right now he's on this rubber band loom kick where he likes to make, you know, little stick figures out of out of these rubber bands. But it's like you watch him make these things and you're like, you almost want to say, hey, you're going to be an architect when you get older and you kind of impose upon them what you might want them to be. But you never know. It could be something totally different that God has for him. And that's just something that will go along with that ministry. And to let go and let God and just encourage them in whatever they're doing great in to do great in whatever they're struggling in to do well and and to trust God that he'll take care of it um, and passing that on to them is, is a very important thing. Absolutely. I, I know for my dad, it's kind of a joke now, but n- so far, none of us has chosen accounting as a profession that we want to pursue (laughs) and he is an accountant so every once in a while he rubs us a little bit about that right but it is it is exactly true that you can't uh force your your children into the mold that that you want for them you have to allow them to um do what god has called them to do and i know that's been difficult for my parents so i can only imagine how difficult it would be if i had children to see them going their own way most importantly though that they would learn to heed the voice of god and do what he wants them to do right uh, regardless if it looks like what i would say Mm -hmm. because this is difficult even for me with my friendships sometimes i look at my friends and i'm like well i i really think god would want them to do this but if god hasn't communicated that to them then then there's nothing i can do about it right I'm only responsible for what I have been called to do, not what others have. And that's that's a hardship sometimes because in our human intellect, we say, well, this makes so much sense. Um, even as we share our faith, you know, we we know the reality of Jesus Christ in our life and we want other people to see it and to feel it and to experience what we have. But everybody's on a different journey. Uh, you may just be a waterer and not. Uh, be the one to reap the final fruit. So you can't give up and you have to continue to pray for them, none more so than your own children. So I think that's an important thing uh, to remember. Russ, what would you say, in to flip this around, is the best thing about being a father? Huh. The best thing about being a father um, is just uh, thinking about thinking about the question. I mean... You, when you sent me the list of questions, it's been kind of like reliving my life history for the last <laughs> for the last you know ten years, uh, eleven you know. Um, so it's been a blessing to be able to take this opportunity just for that to remind me of where we started, where we came from, and what it's like you know to be a father. But um, the biggest the biggest blessing that I I can take away from being a father um, is. Hearing my children at random times throughout the house worshiping God. Um, <clears throat> getting ready for bed at the end of the night um, and walking past my the children's room just to check on them as they're supposed to be getting ready for bed and seeing my son reading his Bible without me having to tell him. Things like that. And it, it kind of confirms that, yeah, we're doing the right thing, but their heart is right as well. And that is a blessing, knowing that their heart is right, and they're they're searching for God and searching for 
uh, a relationship and, and knowledge. That is really, really awesome. Very cool. Uh, do you have a Bible verse that specifically encourages you in your in your fatherhood? I have quite a few, <laughs> um, but uh, well, we have a little time. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one that the one that I kind of landed on um, is is actually Psalms one twenty seven, the whole chapter. But to to narrow it down even even closer, um, one twenty seven four, starting at verse four, says, "Children." Uh, born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. And my my mind went right back to um, a professor at college that was talking about the scripture verse. And for whatever reason, he chose this uh, verse to kind of expand upon for class to show us how to do things and how to do Bible study. But he gave us this picture of this wall and on the top of the wall, all these warriors and they had arrows that they were shooting into the enemy that was coming towards the wall and how when a man, if he has many children, whether they're spiritual children, if you can't have them physically and you're just mentoring somebody, or or physical children that you have birthed into this world with assistance from your wife, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but you have these children that you've led to God. They are people that will help you in this battle between spiritual darkness that the Bible, the Bible talks about. There are these, there are these people that are going to be behind you, and they'll have your back if you invest in them the way God says to in the Bible. Absolutely. Well, that's really good. You know, I I think about evangelism, and it is important, and discipleship is important. Um, but nowhere is it more important than in our own homes. And I think if if people would prioritize their families and reach their children, uh, I mean, the amazing thing, like just just for an example, in my family, there's a potential. If, if the Lord wills, for 11 different families to start out of that. And just imagine, you know, the children of Israel was 12 tribes, and I've, you know, we have 11 children. We're not trying to start a nation, but <laughs> but there is there is quite a bit of impact that can be, can be seen uh, through my parents' legacy, and we're starting to see that with the grandchildren coming up and just the excitement that there is to teach them about, God, because I've said this before too, probably even on this podcast, that it only takes one generation for a people to forget God. Sure. Uh, the book of Judges in chapter one is often on my mind, where it says that all the days of Joshua and all the days of the leaders who followed Joshua, the people followed God, but there arose not there arose a generation that knew not God nor His works to the children of Israel. And I sit there and I scratch my head and I say, How in the world? Right. Can you go through what they've gone through and not share the message? But how often are we guilty of that? It's true. You know, we all have a message to share. We all have things that God has brought us through. And uh, we all have a need to share it. Because, because to borrow a common phrase and to try to put as much meaning behind it as I can, God is not dead. Um. He's alive and he's working in the lives of everyone uh, who 
is blood bought. And if you're not blood bought, you can change that today. You can trust Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, confess your sins, believe that he rose from the dead, and you will be saved, and you'll be able to walk in victory, and you'll be able to do some of these things that Russ and I have been talking about in regards um, to fatherhood. Uh, If the Lord tarries, chances are you are either a father now or very potentially a father in the future. So these things are things that you need to be thinking about even now. It's not something that you say, oh, I'm going to be a dad in nine months, so I better think about these things. These are things to think about now so that you can have your work boots on and ready to go when the time comes. How, is there any specific way, Russ, at this point that we can pray for your family? Um, I, I'm in the process of going through the rest of my school to get my bachelor's degree. And um, uh, to kind of forward uh, the ministry opportunities that um, I can have and uh, my wife and I both feel called into the ministry. Um, so um, if we can ask for prayer uh, for open doors and and basically, you know, God's, we know God's going to bring that to pass because whatever he puts in your heart, he's going to make it, he's going to make it grow. grow. But uh, for us to be able to be there uh, walking the path that he wants, um, uh, direction, favor, and of course, of course, finances. Everybody, oh, yeah. everybody needs prayer and their finances. But uh, um, that's uh, that's the three things that uh, that I can really ask for. All right. Well, uh, I will definitely be praying for you, Russ, and I encourage those who are listening uh, to pray as well. And we will look forward to hearing more in the future, Lord willing, about the things that He is doing for you. We really appreciate the opportunity to have you with us today, and uh, we want to wish our fathers in the audience a very happy Father's Day. Yes. But before I let you go, Russ, do you have any final advice for young fathers or even more specifically maybe first-time fathers, people that are anticipating this? Um, Don't get caught up in what the world tells you you need to get caught up on. Um, you You kind of talked about it when you were giving your salute to your father. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, um, if you get so caught up in trying to do everything that the world sets as expectations for you as a father, you end up losing focus of the gift that God has given you. You try so hard to work day in and day out um, and strive to acquire all this stuff that they say is needed to raise good children and when it comes to it, you know, how many of these folks that have strived their entire life to give their kids all these very nice things, very nice education, very nice everything, which there's nothing wrong with that. But you look at it, and do they have a relationship with Jesus? And I've seen a lot of times they don't, and it makes me sad. So as a father, a uh, new father, don't, don't be panicked and trying to go out and do what the world tells you to do as a father focus on establishing what you believe in Jesus Christ in your children and focusing on God and making God the center of your family and the center of that relationship as a father-son, father-daughter relationship, and God will take care of everything else. All right, well, thank you very much, Russ. We really appreciate having you in here. As I said, 
I hope that everybody has a great Father's Day weekend. I hope that you got your shopping done. If you have not, uh, hurry on out. You have approximately 48 hours, give or take, depending (laughs) on the time of day that you are listening to this. Encourage you to salute your father. And if he's not with you anymore, uh, maybe just sit down and write him a letter. I think that might help, and it would be a, a blessing to you, if not to others. So, uh, this is Andrew Gomison, the host of the Speaking for Him podcast, alongside my co-host, Adam McNutt, thanking you for listening and asking you to, as always, keep serving the best of masters.